MSW Media. Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 25% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners in honor of Black Friday. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER25. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. Today, chaos in the Republican caucus in Congress as Senator Mark Wayne Mullins challenges a witness to a fistfight, McCarthy sucker punches Burchett, and Comer flips out when Moskowitz raises the land swaps with his brother. Meanwhile, the Senate Rules Committee advances a resolution to promote the military nominees blocked by Tuberville and House Democrats to the rescue as they pass a clean CR to keep the government open. An ex-Fox News reporter sues the network for firing him over challenging the big lie. DA Fonnie Willis renews her motion for a protective order over discovery after the proffer videos of those who pled guilty are leaked to the press. Donald Trump reposts a call for a citizen's arrest of New York Attorney General Tish James and Judge Angoran. Jack Smith files his motion to lift the D.C. gag order with the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. The U.S. says Hamas is operating out of Al-Shifa Hospital and other Gaza hospitals. And George Santos's ex-campaign fundraiser pleads guilty. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Whew, quite a news day, Dana. Uh, It was. And the news stories are bananas. Like the shit the Republicans pulled today. Bernie Sanders had to scream and tell a senator, act like a senator. Like, I mean, it it was it was it was ridiculous. Yeah. A a fist fight with a hearing witness. I mean, just and there was a sucker. Like, I'm going to talk about it, but it was just it was bonkers today. <laughs> and women are too emotional to lead. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my tweet today on all of those things, right? And uh, I think Jasmine Crockett put out a pretty good tweet about it as well. If you're not following Jasmine's her, Jasmine's amazing. You She's oh, great. The best. Now, also later in the show, we're going to be joined by the host of the Lights On podcast on the Midas Touch Network. Her name is Jessica Denson. You've heard her here on the show before. We're going to talk about her big win against Trump in court. And we have a patron happy hour this Friday for the Daily Beans at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern. If you're not a patron yet and you want to become one, you get these episodes ad-free and you get them early. Plus, you get all kinds of other cool benefits and bonuses. The weekly wrap-up for the Daily Beans at the end of the week. You get to join us on our happy hours and ask me questions and we can have chats while we have cocktails and mocktails. Um, Also, when we go on tour, you will get first access to VIP meet and greet tickets. And we're going to probably start having an annual MSW Media Leguminati Summit uh, somewhere in the country for patrons. It's going to be fun. So sign up at where is it? Patreon.com slash Muller She Wrote. I'm all where? (laughs) (laughs) Patreon.com slash Muller She Wrote. All right. With all the news today, we have a few quick hits. And to make a long story short, too late. All right. First up, Jack Smith has filed his 79 page motion to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals to lift the stay on the limited gag order issued by Judge Chutkin in D.C. And as I predicted, the language Trump used in his New Hampshire vermin speech this past weekend, where he called 
Jack Smith, a deranged thug, and then attacked Jack Smith's family and his wife. That is in this filing as a reason to reinstate the gag order. The hearing is November 20th in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. We will cover that filing in depth on this weekend's Jack podcast. Thanks, A.G. And D.A. Fonnie Willis has filed a renewed motion for an emergency protective order over discovery in Fulton County case after videos of proffer sessions with Sidney Powell, Scott Hall, Ken Cheesebro, and Jenna Ellis were all leaked to the press. Now the DA's office says they believe the videos were leaked to intimidate and threaten the witnesses and have requested an emergency protective order be issued now and then scheduled a hearing to hash out the details. Now she also said that going forward, proper videos will not be shared with defendants and instead they will be made available to their lawyers at the DA office. Now they can view them and take notes, but will not be allowed to record them. Hmm. Yeah. And what's really special is that David Schaefer, who is an indicted person in in the racketeering case. And Mm -hmm. actually, I don't know if he's been indicted yet. I think they're still probing him because Fonnie Willis couldn't do it because she had to recuse because she hosted a fundraiser for his opponent. But he's a former chair of uh, the GOP down there and in, in Georgia. Or maybe he's the current one. I don't know. It's a mess. But anyway, he filed an opposition. He doesn't want there to be a protective order. He thinks the witnesses should be able to share this stuff to intimidate other witnesses. So Wow. Interesting that he is opposing that. Also, Donald Trump has reposted a call for a citizen's arrest of New York Attorney General Tish James and Judge Angoran, who's presiding over the $250 million civil fraud suit against the Trump Organization, Trump and his adult children, except for Ivanka. In response to the former president's reshared call for a citizen's arrest, former U.S. Attorney Barbara McQuaid told Newsweek in a statement, this move is incredibly reckless of Trump, explaining that someone can view this post and take violent action against James and Angoran. McQuaid said, in addition, Trump risks incurring the wrath of Judge Angoran in the New York civil case. Currently, the gag order imposed by the judge relates solely to comments about court staff. But this statement could prompt the judge to expand its scope. All right, those are the quick hits. It is time for the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, this uh, next story comes from me, Allison Gill from the Daily Beans. (laughs) Republicans in Congress are living in some kind of drunken bar brawl or schoolyard fight today. Meet me out by the tetherball courts. Uh, Mercury is not in retrograde. I checked. I like to do research for this program. So I don't know what's going on. But NPR congressional correspondent Claudia Grisales reported that while she was talking to Rep. Tim Burchett, I think it's Burchett, Kevin McCarthy walked by and shoved him, causing Burchett to lunge toward the reporter. The reporter thought it was a joke, but Burchett's back was to McCarthy when he was hit, and then he yelled after McCarthy, asking why he hit him and calling him a coward. Then McCarthy denied it, and Burchett said, you got no guts. You did so. You did so. Did too. Did not. Did too. Oh, goodness. The reporter said it right there. You heard her. What kind of chicken move is that? You're a pathetic man. You're so pathetic. What a jerk. You need security, Kevin. And now Burchett told CNN, you don't expect a guy who was at one time three steps away from the White House to hit you with a sucker punch. It's just an unfortunate situation, and I feel sorry for him. (laughs) It's a sad commentary on McCarthy and his career. And get this, Matt Gates has sent a letter saying that he should be punished for sucker punching. Or McCarthy should... Yeah, so Gates is now in in the fight so now it's a brawl and if that weren't enough 
Check out this back and forth between Senator, I'd like to remind you he's a Senator, Mark Wayne Mullins, and the president of the Teamsters Union, Sean O'Brien, during a committee hearing today. Now, let's talk about Mr. O'Brien himself, his behavior, as everybody knows in this hearing. The last time, <laughs> him and I kind of had a back and forth. I uh, appreciate your demeanor today. It's quite different. But after you left here, you got pretty excited about the keyboard. In fact, you tweeted at me one, two, three, four, five times. And let me read what the last one said. Um, it said, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. Sir, I wish you was in the truck with me when I was building my plumbing company myself and my wife was running the office because I sure remember working pretty hard in long hours. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Big oh, hold, stop it. Is that your right. solution every problem? No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. This is a hearing. And God knows the American people have enough of contempt for Congress. Let's not I don't make like it worse. Thugs and you, you have, and you have, I don't like you because you just it. described yourself. Hold it. I want to. I want to expose this thug to who he is. And Could you not point to me? That's disrespectful. All right. I don't care about respecting you at all. I, respect I don't respect you respect. at all. So all right, hold me, it. Let me let hold me. it. No. You don't want to hold it. The most hold it, please. Acted. Please. All right. But we're not here to talk about fights or I'm, anything else. I'm quoting exactly what he said. You can and say what is, you want. This is this is your this is your witness this you is brought. My witness. And let me I'm I'm exposing him. You can ex as talk a anything you want. I, Senator Mullen, you made some charges. Charges? Mr. Mr. O'Brien, do you want to respond to yeah, go the ahead, question? Please. Yeah, I mean look, the reality of it is you Except know, my challenge Mr. Mr. Tough Mr. Mullen <laughs> tough guy. Answer, yeah. hold it. Answer the questions. All right, you all want if I he please. he made a lot of statements, he right? Did. And his statements are fiction at best. Fiction? I read them. Could he where, where, where? What? You said any time, any place. I'm accepting yours, so why don't you come What back? challenge? What challenge are you talking April about? April 30th. How about we do it for a charity at the Smoking Guns in Tulsa, Oklahoma? No, no, we're not going to be talking about challenge? physical confrontations here. You want to fight me? What do you say by any time, any place? Let's have coffee. Discuss our differences. Oh, oh that's what you said. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. All right, well, let's say I don't have coffee. Let's I'd do love it. To. All right. I'd love to. But do the, it. It's funny how you're back okay, on I don't back on anything. You did. The oh. other one, you're a 100. Senator. Uh, should be the most influential people in this country making changes. You're focused on. Okay. You're focused on debate that's not even relevant. You're an embarrassment. You're an embarrassment. Look, after, after embarrassment to the state of this Oklahoma. hearing is yeah. about the condition of the working class in America. He's a senator. Get your butt Damn. up, Allison. <laughs> you get your butt up. <laughs> Cowboy. This is a guy, by the way, who you you've seen photos of him like like kind of like along the lines of Josh Hawley, you know, giving the fist pump to the insurrectionist and then running for his life inside oh, yeah. the halls of Congress. You can see Mark Wayne Mullins like ducking down um, when the, when the Capitol was under attack um, and hiding and cowering. And then, of course, we also know that uh, there's a viral picture of him debating his opponent where he needs to stand on a I think like a. a eight or 10 inch box so that he appears the same height 
as his uh, opponent, which to me is, uh, again, gender affirming care. But that's this guy. That's Mark Wayne Mullins. Always posting pictures of him working out and having guns and stuff. No, good But wait. Wait, there's more. Rep Moskowitz, who I love, confronted Jim Comer about those farmland swaps that we reported on this week that funneled thousands of dollars to his brother, Chad Comer. Uh Let's Let's listen to that. But you and Goldman, who is Mr. Trust Fund, Continue to try Re- reclaim, to reclaiming my time. No, I'm Re- not Re- going to give you your time back. We can stop the clock. Re- you all continue to. You look like a Smurf here, just going around and all this stuff. Now, listen, M- Mr. Chairman, you no, have. No, I'm going to tell you no, no, something. Hold on, if we're you if we're not on time, we you disinformation. You, you, you have you gone on TV and said the president did something you illegal. You're doing stuff with your brother. The American people have the same questions. Why should they believe you? Why should they believe you? Why should they believe you? There's, there's a different rule for the president. There's a different rule for you. Why should they believe what you're saying, Mr. Chairman? Why? You go on Fox News and say loans you and deals are a way to evade taxes. We don't know that's what you're doing or not. We don't know. We have no idea. We're supposed to take your word for it. But when the president well, you've says already something, been proven a liar, Mr. Moskowitz. What's that? You've already been proven a liar. Today. Who's proven me a liar? You? Yes. Your word means well, nothing, Mr. Chairman. Go to my hometown. There's a camera crew there today, an opposition research crew there today. Mr. Chairman, this seems to have gotten under your this seems to have gotten under your skin. I'll pay for your ticket. I I, I think the American people have lots of questions, Mr. Chairman, and perhaps you should sit maybe for a deposition. I would. I will be happy. He got my head. Yeah, (laughs) he sure did. (laughs) (laughs) Me thinketh, Comer doth protest too much. Uh, But despite the Republican shit show on the Hill, Democrats managed to save the day. First, they lent votes to pass a clean CR that will fund most of the government until January 19th and the rest, the DOD and the DHS through February 2nd. Of course, this bill has no funding for Ukraine, Israel, the Indo-Pacific or the border. Those have been punted until after Thanksgiving. But it also has no cuts. And that's uh, why McCarthy was fired. So (laughs) we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, to McCarthy's job. Get the head of lettuce ready. And uh, Democrats in the Senate Rules Committee have advanced a resolution to promote all the armed forces nominees being blocked by Tuberville through a rules change. It passed out of the Rules Committee on a party line vote with all nine Democrats voting for promoting military nominees and all seven Republicans voting against the military. It will now go to the full Senate, where it will need 60 votes to pass. But McConnell is against it. We'll see where Republicans' loyalties lie with the military or with Mitch. He's such an evil, evil man. All right, AG, this is from Dennis Romero at NBC. And it seems a former Fox News Capitol Hill reporter and producer has sued the network, claiming he was fired for challenging its on-air lies about the 2020 election. Jason Donner, he alleges in a lawsuit that Fox News knew President Donald Trump's claims that voter fraud was behind his 2020 loss, that they were false, but that a following backlash from Trump and the network's audience over its Election Day announcement that President Joe Biden had won Arizona, it purged journalists who spoke out against this false election fraud claim. And this is a quote to win back viewership and pledge its loyalty to President Trump. Fox's corporate leadership purged the news division and those reporters who spoke out against claims of election fraud. This is what the suit says. It was filed in Washington, D.C. in the Superior Court. Now, the wrongful termination and discrimination claim. It seeks undisclosed damages and expenses, as well as a judgment 
that would prohibit Fox News from discriminating or retaliating against Donner or other current or former Fox News employees. Though it was filed September um, 27th, the lawsuit did not come to light until Monday in a report by the Daily Beast. And Mr. Donner's lawsuit speaks for itself, and we have no further comment beyond that. That's from plaintiff's lawyer, Brendan Klaproth. He said that in an email. Now, neither Fox News spokesperson nor lawyers for the network responded to the request for comment. Not surprising. Now, the suit claims the network, and I quote, immediately capitulated to Trump after he denounced it. Post-election layoffs included the reporter who made the announcement on the air, Chris Stiewalt, and about 20 other journalists. This is what the suit says. Now, the filing cites text messages between Lachlan Murdoch, who's a co-chair of Fox News' parent company, News Corp., and the network's CEO, Suzanne Scott, in which Scott is quoted as saying the network's Arizona call was, and I quote, damaging, but we will highlight our stars and plant flags, letting the viewers know we hear them and respect them. (laughs) No, you don't. A News Corp spokesperson did not immediately respond to an inquiry seeking comment from Murdoch or his representatives at the company. According to the suit, Donner was reprimanded and prohibited from expressing opinions when on November 19, 2020, he posted on Twitter, which is obviously now X, that Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani claimed voter fraud in Philadelphia, but told a Pennsylvania court, this is not a fraud case. Well, Fox News became a toxic environment for journalists with uh, allegiance to the truth, the suit says, and the toxicity reached a peak on January 6th, of course, of 2021, when Trump supporters stormed the Capitol in an attempt to thwart the counting of electoral votes certifying Biden's victory. Donner was working in the Senate's radio and television correspondence gallery when the Capitol was breached. This is what the claim says. Now, if the Capitol began to be attacked, he said he sought refuge inside Fox News's booth as the network reported that rioters were peaceful, that they were peaceful. That's according to the suit. Later, as violence continued, including gunshots, a Fox News reporter said of rioters on the air, according to this claim, when you hear their voices, you can understand why they were severely disappointed. I mean, come on. Donner called the Fox News control room. That's according to filing and said, and I quote, I don't want to hear any of this fucking shit on our air ever again because you're going to get us all killed. Well, yeah, seems pretty valid. The suit cites information, including the Dominion Voting Systems 2021 claim against Fox News, in which the voting machine maker said the broadcaster defamed it by airing claims that it was tied to the late Venezuelan president, Hugo Chavez, paid kickbacks to politicians and deployed machines that rigged the vote against Trump. All that bullshit. Fox News settled that suit, as we know, for $787.5 million. We acknowledge the court's rulings finding certain claims about Dominion to be false the network said in a statement after the April settlement. Now, Donner's political discrimination claims. He says he was a lifelong Republican, but voted Democrat in recent elections. Now, are based on the District of Columbia Human Rights Act, which prohibits workplace bias based on political affiliation. Mm. Yeah. And you remember, you know, Dana, you and I talked about the fact that that um, admission by Fox News about Dominion would open up a floodgate of all kinds of lawsuits. And this is one of them. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, next up from Michael Shear at the New York Times. The United States has intelligence that shows that Hamas has been using hospitals in Gaza, including Al-Shifa, as command centers and ammunition depots. A spokesperson for the National Security Council said that on Tuesday. John Kirby, the spokesman, said that the intelligence gathered from American-generated sources supported Israel's allegation that Hamas had been operating out of hospitals, which Mr. Kirby said amounted to a war crime. 
Mr. Kirby declined to provide details about the U.S. intelligence, but he made clear that it goes beyond the information collected by the Israeli intelligence service. Quote, it comes from a variety of intelligence methods of our own, of our own, he said, adding that the classification of the intelligence had been downgraded so that it could be shared publicly. I can confirm for you that we have information that Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad use some hospitals in the Gaza Strip, including Al-Shifa, and tunnels underneath them to conceal and support their military operations and to hold hostages. That's what Mr. Kirby told reporters on Air Force One as President Biden headed to San Francisco for a summit with Asia-Pacific leaders. Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, the JID, the members of those groups operate command and control nodes from Al-Shifa in Gaza City, he said. They have stored weapons there, and they've prepared to respond to an Israeli military operation against that facility. The revelation of this U.S. intelligence comes as Israel is under harsh international criticism for attacks on and around hospitals as it conducts a war against Hamas in the wake of the armed group's terrorist attacks on Israel on October 7th. Israel says more than 1,200 people were killed in the attacks and that 239 others remain hostages. During Israel's ensuing military campaign to eradicate Hamas, it has repeatedly said that its military seeks to avoid casualties among civilians, including patients and doctors at hospitals, but they have insisted that Hamas uses such people as human shields. Now, Mr. Kirby says the United States does not support the attacks from air on hospitals. Okay? Do not. We do not support the attacks from the air on the hospitals in Gaza, despite what he said was the confirmed use of facilities by Hamas. We do not support this. The United States does not support it. We do not support striking of a hospital from the air, and we do not want to see a firefight in a hospital where innocent people, helpless people, sick people are simply trying to get the medical care that they deserve, not to be caught in the crossfire. Hospitals and patients must be protected. He called that concern an added burden for Israel in its military campaign against Hamas. Now, Palestinian officials and doctors at al-Shifa have denied that the hospital has been used by Hamas. But Mr. Kirby says that the newly revealed U.S. intelligence supported Israel's arguments as its military closed in on the hospital. But again, they do not support airstrikes on these hospitals. Well, the U.S. doesn't. Israel does. Quote, we have information that confirms that Hamas is using that particular hospital for a command and control node and is probably the storage for equipment we- like weapons underneath it. He said this is a war crime. Oh, goodness. Thank you so much, AG. All right. Last in this segment, this is from Reuters. Now, a former fundraiser. We've talked about this in the past. For who? Indicted U.S. Representative George Santos, if that is your real name, pleaded guilty to defrauding campaign donors on Tuesday, adding to the pressure on the embattled New York Republican. Now, at a hearing in federal court in Long Island, Samuel Miley, 27, admitted to impersonating a staffer for another member of Congress in soliciting campaign contributions and to charging donors credit cards without their consent. Well, U.S. District Judge uh, Joanna Seibert accepted the plea to one count of wire fraud, part of an agreement with federal prosecutors, and set Milay's sentencing for April 30th. Defrauding potential political contributors undermines our democracy. And that was from Breon Peace, the U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of New York. That was said in a statement. Now, there was no indication that Milay was cooperating with the prosecutor's probe of Santos. It's really hard for me to read probe of Santos and not start giggling. Sorry. Santos's lawyer, Joseph Murray, was present at the hearing. He declined to comment on Millet's guilty plea. Santos, as we know, is the first-term congressman. He, in May, he pleaded not guilty to federal charges of laundering funds to pay for his personal expenses, illegally receiving unemployment benefits, and lying to the House of Representatives about 
everything. I mean, his assets. <laughs> he pleaded not guilty in October to an updated indictment accusing him of charging campaign donors credit cards without their consent and reporting a bogus $500,000 campaign loan. While trials set for September 9th of 2024, Santos has admitted to lying about much of his resume, but he has resisted calls for his resignation, including from fellow Republicans. Now, Mille, who was charged in August, has previously pleaded not guilty, by the way. At the hearing, Mille said that in 2021, he pretended he was chief of staff to the then minority leader of the U.S. House of Representatives to help the candidate he was working for raise funds without naming either politician. I'm shocked anyone knew who they were. Now, former House Speaker <laughs> Kevin McCarthy has confirmed media reports that said Mille impersonated one of his aides to elicit contributions to Santos's campaign. And they're still not calling for his fucking resignation. Now, Mille took a 15% cut on funds raised through the scheme. Prosecutors said that. And on Tuesday, he agreed to pay nearly $110,000 in restitution and forfeit nearly $70,000. And this is a quote from Kevin Marino, uh, the defense lawyer. He says he recognized the mistake that he made. Well, I'm sure he did. Mille is the second person close to Santos to plead guilty to federal charges in recent weeks. Nancy Marks, who's Santos's former campaign treasurer, also pleaded guilty on October 5th to a conspiracy charge for inflating his 2022 congressional campaign's fundraising numbers. So it's really fucking hard to believe that everyone around him was committing fraud and George Santos had no idea what was happening after he's lied about everything in his life. Mm -hmm. And if they do get the testimony of these folks in court against Santos, he's going down. His trial is oh. in September be a beautiful thing you might want to plead and resign and i don't know move back to brazil or something get extradited <laughs> would just, be nice it's not gonna go well for no it's not gonna go well for him all right we'll be back with the host of the lights on podcast jessica denson and an update on her lawsuit against trump non-disclosure agreements stay with us after these messages we'll be right Hey, everybody, it's AG. You know, I used to have a difficult time sleeping. I thought it was anxiety. I thought it was the orange man in the White House. I would toss and turn every night, wake up feeling groggy and sore every morning. As it turns out, I was sleeping on a mattress made for somebody else. But then I got my custom mattress from Helix Sleep and all those issues went away. And now I wake up every day feeling fresh and ready to go. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two minute sleep quiz, and they'll match it to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 25% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners in honor of Black Friday. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER25. You can explore the Helix lineup of 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux and the innovative Helix Elite collections, plus specialized options for big and tall sleepers and even kids. They've got mattresses for everyone, no matter how unique your sleep preferences are. Unsure which to choose? Take that Helix Sleep Quiz I was talking about. You'll get matched with your ideal mattress in just two minutes. It'll be shipped to your door free of charge. I took the quiz. As you know, I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I like a medium firm mattress and I sleep on my side. The comfort is unmatched. It's head and shoulders above any other mattress I've ever owned. I'm sleeping better than ever. Setup was a breeze. And with Helix, experience the comfort of a 100-night in-home trial and a 10- or 15-year warranty to make sure Helix is the perfect fit for you. No more mattress stores in your future. Yay. And the best sleep of your life is just a quiz away with Helix. Helix is offering 25% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners in honor of Black Friday. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER25. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. 
Today, we're bringing back a good friend of mine. She's the host of the Lights On podcast on the Midas Touch Network. Excellent network over there at Midas Touch. You need to check it out. She's been on the lead at CNN. She is incredible. She has a huge win. She's going to tell us about an update from the last time she was on the show. Please welcome Jessica Denson. Allison, so great to be back with you. Thank you. I always love uh, like these meetups where we get to talk about good news. I know. <laughs> so you tweeted... On October 11th, massive win in the midst of dark times. It was a beautiful and victorious day in a New York courthouse where Judge... How do you pronounce the judge's name? Well, I always say Gardafi. Gardafi? Yeah. Ordered our class action settlement into law, forever avoiding hundreds of Trump NDAs. Massive victory for truth and democracy. No more excuses for silence. Let's talk. Because we had you on. We talked about this lawsuit. We talked about the class action all of the years that, uh, you know, you, you've been fighting this battle and uh, you finally won it. Talk about that. Oh, my goodness, Allison. It was just so beautiful. I mean, complete sweeping victory. We, as you know, as I talked about with you last time I was on, I've been fighting this in and out of arbitration, in and out of the courts. You know, I had some personal, you know, just crushing defeats in the midst of this that that I overcame, you know, living through a $50,000 illegal judgment that was entered against me during the Trump campaign, having that overturned and just continuing this fight, growing my legal team, starting literally with no lawyer and then ending up with two lawyers and then the expanded team from Protect Democracy and Ballard Spar, who have done amazing work. And we got it to this final point um, about a year ago. We were ordered by the court to go to mediation because we had I had been victorious on an individual level. That's one of the things we talked about last time. I got that individual victory that declared the NDA invalid pertaining to me. And we wanted to push forward. We wanted to make sure that everybody who signed this this agreement knew that it was invalid and unenforceable and that every mechanism possible to enforce it was permanently legally removed. And so that's why we pushed even after I won the Trump campaign, started raising the white flag and saying, you know, let's just this is over. We won't enforce these things anymore. And we're like, yeah, your your word's good for nothing. We're going to get this into a court order. And we're also going to make sure that these hundreds, literally hundreds of third parties, including Donald Trump himself, his children, you know, his companies, they were all purportedly empowered to enforce this. And so we push forward till the end to get an injunction prohibiting enforcement. And that was part of what came out of that mediation, a complete concession from the campaign. Yes, you can have your injunction. Yes, you can have your legal fees. Um, and by the way, this was not a case for damages. This was just a declaratory case. So um, the the legal fees that we got and the incentive fee that I got were were just fees. You know, that's yeah, all that cost. was expected. Yeah. yeah, costs, exactly. So we got that and it was just a complete victory in the end. Oh, that is so, so amazing to hear. It gives me hope because, as you know, I just filed lawsuit against yes. Trump myself. So it's it's doable. That's good. That's good news. It is. But what I think what's amazing about this is that you wanted to fight on for everyone who signed these and not just in a personal capacity, but in any you know business capacity of the Trump organization or whatever is left of it once the uh, New York civil fraud trial is over. But that doesn't mean he won't start a new thing in Florida and, and have NDAs. And now he cannot, or at least enforce these these particular these this one or these NDAs. So 
I think that that's incredible. Now, what can we look forward to from people who are now no longer bound by these NDAs talking? Well, my God, Allison, um, like I said in that tweet, no more excuses for silence, right? Um, this was this was a real legal hurdle to people exercising their First Amendment rights. That is entirely removed. The fear of being targeted, of having your financial well-being threatened, as mine was, of um, you know any kind of legal retribution, is gone. That is gone from the calculus. Yeah, and let's be clear too, because it's not just you know threatening your financial; it could completely bankrupt people. Absolutely. That's the position I was put in. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, until I, I was I was facing bankruptcy because there was no first of all, I didn't have the money to pay a judgment, a fifty thousand dollar judgment against me. Second of all, there was no way in hell that I was going to be turning over any money of mine to the Trump campaign. And that's exactly. Yes, that was the threat. Bankruptcy. Absolutely. Um, and so that's gone. And I like I said, I I hope and pray that these individuals take this opportunity to be real patriots, to understand the threat that we're facing, and with all of the calcu- you know calculations that go into their decision making process, and I I understand there are many. You know, I'm kind of a rebel. I am not the I am not the norm in the Trump crowd, but you know I know there are people out there, and there's all kinds of people that you've never heard of, from volunteers to low level staffers. Um, you know, people whose names you've never seen floated in the news that I know have a conscience and I hope they, you know, they kind of go deep into that, that well of what, where they exist in history. You know, I'm always kind of putting myself like, where, what is my role in history? What is all of our roles and understand this threat that we're facing. And if they see clearly now, which God, I hope they do, um, that they will take this opportunity to not just engage publicly, but can engage in their communities, engage in any way to speak the truth that they know. Um, We desperately need it. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't have to fight that fight. Yeah. You know, you, you did all that and, uh, and your, and your class action and your legal team, your incredible legal team. And so that has to be an additional incentive. Absolutely. To come forward and and speak. But I do understand, you know, I spoke to Miles Taylor who wrote um, blowback and, and, you know, he had discussions with, all kinds of his colleagues about why they wouldn't speak out. Uh, you know, financial burden is is one of them, but there are like many, many reasons. And a lot of it was tribalism and uh, that people just had a hard time getting away from that. So hopefully taking this this particular set of chains off, hopefully really frees people up to to come out and speak the truth, which I know is what you're doing on your podcast. It's called Lights On um, because <laughs> sunlight is the best disinfectant. Amen. As is, you know, indoor lights, anything where we can shine <laughs> light on anything. But you know, you know what they, you know what they mean. So let's talk about that. When when you started your podcast, why you started your podcast, how it's going? Yeah, I started it. What I don't know, seven eight months ago, and I I did it, Allison, for a couple reasons. One was because I had been doing some panel appearances, primarily over the J six hearings on the Midas Touch Network, and I've just I had just been getting an overwhelming amount of feedback asking me to start a podcast. And you are very talented in this realm. This is not something I ever dreamed of doing myself. <laughs> to be honest with you, it was not on my, uh, you know, it was not on in my plans at all. But I, I did it partially because of the requests. 
And also because of something that um, is no secret. And um, I've only recently been more outspoken about this. And when I say recently, I mean like two weeks ago. My story has been woefully undercovered uh, by the media. I mean, basically not reported. You mentioned I was on the lead on CNN back in 2020. It was because I did an ad for Joe Biden for the group at the time was called Republican Voters Against Trump. And he had me on one time and um, did not have me back when I won that individual victory in 2021. CNN didn't cover it at all. MSNBC covered it minimally, um, has often detached my name or my existence from reporting some male anchors on MSNBC from the reporting my story. I think this is a real disservice to the American people. As you started off talking about your lawsuit and how it gives you hope, we need that. We need to see how our judicial system functions and works when we apply it and how it can defeat Donald Trump. I mean, I've been doing this for years, literally since 2018, when I was a pro se litigant, I've been beating Trump in court. The American people need to hear (laughs) these kinds of stories. Yeah, I don't know why the media shies away from talking about winning. I know. It's it's really, it's like I said, it's really a disservice. Um, It's you know, we had this massive discussion just over the weekend about about certain papers finally reporting Trump's comments about comparing political foes to vermin as Nazi propaganda, you know, and the importance of reporting oh, it was things like correctly. Taking a blood out of a stone. It was it was yeah. like, hey, guys, it's right there. Like the thing I don't understand. These are profit centers. OK, yeah. Folks like you, folks like, you know, the, the po- this podcast, we're living proof that people want to hear this kind of news. Yeah. For mainstream media, there's money to be made there. Exactly. I don't I, I don't understand. It's like with the healthcare system in this country, like it's way cheaper to have Medicare for all than it like yeah. if it's about money so that, you know, if it's not about money, what is it about? But that there's money to be made there, too. People want to hear these stories. People are hungry for this kind of news. I've I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed in just the seven or eight months that you've been podcasting. Absolutely. That, that people yeah. are like, oh, thank God, I'm finally getting this story, whatever story it is you're reporting. Uh, people want that. And so I, yeah, I'm absolutely. frankly baffled as to why they aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could um, give you some more sinister thoughts, but I'm going to I'm going to spare them that for this very moment and just say, take the opportunity. Here we are. <laughs> Tell our good stories. <laughs> but uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I talked about I had Mary Trump on a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about this and we were talking about, you know, the kind of discouragement that goes into not reporting this. And, and she called it a self-fulfilling prophecy, which I totally agree with. You know, they're basically doing the bidding of these forces that want to take American democracy away. And um, it, it's, you know, we we have to call them out and demand that they do better. You know, I come to this way back when as a, as a journalism student, you know, I I was a roving reporter in college and and I really like I care about good reporting and good journalism. It's the fourth estate. It's it's one of the pillars of what makes us free. We have to do better. <laughs> yeah, and remind them that they will be the first to go. Yeah. In a, fa- in a fascist receipt. like do you think that he's going to be like Oh, great. Um, I love you, media. And like, I I, I just, they'll be the first to go. So I don't, it, it's, it seems like they're imperiling them themselves. But yeah, we could talk for days about media. Yeah. <laughs> 
so uh, where next? I know you've got other stuff going on. Um, what's the next thing? Well, daily survival and uh... <laughs> get up, breathe, make it through the day. Yeah, and then I am. I am... You know what? I was, it's funny because I'm, I am writing my book now. You know, I didn't, I, I've been speaking out for years. I didn't, as you know, wait to write a book, but I'm finally doing that for myself now. And um, I've had this, like, I had this pit in my stomach yesterday and I couldn't quite figure it out. I was like, is it the war in the Middle East? Is it, is it, I think it was really like the fear that Donald Trump, like for some reason it really came home to me that my God, this man really could get in the White House again. And we, you know, have to absolutely do everything in our power to stop this. So I am on like a fast track to get my book finished um, and get it out as soon as possible, because um, we're only going to live this moment once. And my God, we have to do everything in our power to stop him. Yeah. And um, I hope you'll come back on and, and talk to us when when the book when the book comes out. I look forward to reading. Absolutely. It. I would love to. Yeah, I'm I'm tired of living, my friends, I'm tired of living through historic times. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, remember the days, remember like, remember like 2013 when you didn't know who the chief of staff was and, you know. I know. We're, we're in very different times. So I look forward to your book and everybody needs to check out your podcast. It's called Lights On. It's on the Midas Touch Network. I love the Mighty Midas. They are awesome dudes. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm really encouraging everybody to check it out. Thanks so much, Jessica Denson. Thank you, Allison. Always a pleasure. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play what the animal, I mean, whatever it is. Anything. I don't think we'd be very good at like amphibians. I mean, to be honest with you, if people start sending <laughs> salamanders and shit. Yeah. Some kind of weird spider and we have to come up with the Latin oh name my for God. it. Do not. <laughs> Uh-oh. Guess what you just did. <laughs> I know. As soon as I'm a part of me is like, Desiree, edit that out. But I know you're going to leave it. <laughs> Everybody send us shout outs to loved ones, your kids, shit kids say, shit your parents say, shit you say. Um, if you want to send us frog orgy photos, baby pictures, especially we love baby pictures, holiday pictures. Uh, if you don't have pod pet tax to pay, you can send us an adoptable pet in your area. Anything you want, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com. Just click on contact. First up from Carolyn, pronouns she and her. Hello to all the leguminati. I'm so giddy to share my good news. I'll start by noting that I have a theater kid who only discovered their passion in the last four years. They've been scoring bigger and bigger roles in their high school productions and seeing shows in SoCal. Uh, but this weekend, I took them on a solo mother theater kid trip to New York to see Sweeney Todd on Broadway and an astounding one-man show on Shakespearean villains off Broadway. It was the perfect first New York trip for anyone. We met Patrick Page, the original Hades from Hadestown, among many other credits, and the star of the one-man show. And perhaps more importantly, Page's dog, Georgie, <laughs> and got to tell many Sweeney cast members how much we appreciated their astounding performances. It was a lovely diversion from the shit show that is our news cycle. I'm back in sunny San Diego, ready to be back at it. Would you ever consider a Beans event in San Diego? I'd go in a heartbeat. You'd probably have to find a place where everyone doesn't know your name since you have so many connections here. 
for PodPet, uh, I give you my kid, PodPet tax. I give you my kid with Mr. Page's dog, then Page himself, and finally Bernadette, the theater puppy from a recent high school production. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. These photos are fantastic. I love that you had such a great trip to Broadway. That's amazing. New York's a special place. Yep. Theater kids are the best. They sure are. All right. This next one is from Juananimous. Pronouns he and him. I swear <laughs> to God, that's how it's spelled. Leguminati. I want to give a huge shout out to an amazing woman who has dedicated her life to making this world a better place. Juananimous, thank you so much for this. Just kidding. Uh, when I first met her, she was a volunteer. <laughs> She was a volunteer building schools in my hometown of Tijuana, Mexico. I fell in love with her kindness, generosity, and passion for positive change. She taught me how to be a feminist and an ally. She even helped me become someone I could love. What a beautiful oh. sentence. Mm. My God. And for the last 20 years, I've had the privilege to watch her grow into a powerful force for good, using her expanded platform to help more and more people. Well, tonight, as patrons are listening to this, She's at a gala she is in charge of fundraising to help people who are battling addiction. This is, uh, this is the last year that she will be in charge of this event, and I'd love to honor her by helping her reach their goal. We're going to include that link in the show notes, by the way, for anyone who would like to donate to this foundation. It's called Caron, C-A-R-O-N. It's in Greater Philadelphia. I will throw in a little bonus. My mother's secret ingredient for refried beans. <laughs> when blended them, add charred onions. Basically, fry the onions like you're playing a game of chicken with your smoke detector, and it will give them that amazing umami taste. Also, thank you for giving into my demand for weekend beans. You may now use your original logo or this <laughs> modified version without the Comic Sans. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that is hysterical. Look at that logo for the refried beans. Oh, now with 29% more beans. <laughs> Our producer says, I'm not sure that math is correct. Going from five to seven is a 40% increase. <laughs> They're doing five out of seven increase to seven out of seven, 28.6% and rounding up. Just depends on how you figure it, I guess. Your week now has 29% more beans or the Daily Beans has increased its episode output by 40%. Thank you to wow. our production crew. Yeah, you all just nerded the fuck out. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely love it. I love going through these old episodes, by the way, too, listening to old beans episodes and deciding what we're going to refry for the weekend. And it's, you know, the charismatic megaplastics will be coming up on January 5th. We're going to play that one uh, on January 5th. So, you know, look out for it. It's going to be good. We've got a lot of really great old episodes in there. So anyway, next up from anonymous pronoun she and her good day, beans, queens. My local school district is being sued over transgender students using a bathroom that matches their gender identity, which is essentially upholding what courts have said here in Michigan. I walked into our school board meeting last night and was immediately uplifted. My child's choir and classmates performed at the start of the meeting, talking about the character traits their school focuses on. But when I walked into that immediately, I felt a warm fuzzy when there was a group of about 25 LGBTQ plus advocates there to speak on behalf of the transgender students being bullied by adults in the district. Two parents spoke and shamed them about their beliefs and, and that they can be cured. But everyone else who spoke advocated for all student safety and especially the mental health and concerns for the LGBTQ students in the district. It was a wonderful outpouring of love. Our school board is rather conservative, but by school board rules, they were required to sit there and listen. It was fantastic. 
For my pod pet tax, here's a photo of the newest pet in our house. It should be pretty easy to identify what he is. Thanks for keeping us informed and for being a catalyst for my conservative-leaning husband to become one of the most liberal people in my life. Oh, how lovely. And I know what this is. I know what this is. (laughs) It's a beta fish. It's a beta fish. It's a beta fish. We got one for one. We got one for run on Guess This Animal. I feel good about that. So we're 100% so far. That's right. Um, God, please don't start a segment called This is Fish. Okay. Next up, we've got Kevin, pronouns he and him. Hey, AG and DG. Greetings from the Great White North, which today is looking pretty darn great in white snow. I've sent emails before, but never had the opportunity to hear them on the podcast. So I hope this one gets through. Kevin, it has indeed. It's little bits of good news surrounding some disappointing outlook, and I was hoping for your thoughts. First off, the UK looks to be headed for the biggest progressive upset in recent memory in the inevitable elections next year. The downside is this is due to the unmitigated disaster of conservative policies, austerity, and incompetence, and has left the country reeling. It culminated on the weekend, Veterans Day, Armistice Day, or Remembrance Day, depending on where you're from, with a mass of angry racist hooligans trying to storm the London Cenotaph, looking for violence and attacking police at the bequest of the Homeland Secretary. She was fired, but only after the events and when the backlash appeared to be going against the government. My God, this thing's like, does that sound familiar to anybody? Mm -hmm. That's not from the submission. My real fear with the wave of conservative grievance culture is my own country, Canada, is looking to potentially flip in the next election to more of these conservative culture war theatrics as their current leader is cut from the same incompetent Trump cloth. Mm. I know you're American focused and I value your insight and news, but will you be covering some of these other occurrences more in the future? Maybe a worldly beans segment. Oh my God. Everyone's so amazing. Worldly beans. LOL. Okay. To end this on a positive note, professional women's hockey is back with potentially one of the best chances of succeeding yet. The PWHL has held its draft, launching its jerseys, and is preparing for a January puck drop date. With the soccer season now ended, maybe we can hype up these ladies and their support and ensure this league stay as long as they can, as as long as the NHL. I'll get my tickets to the closest home opener as soon as they're available. Lastly, for pet tax, here are our feline family companions, Ronnie James Meow, White on the nose, Alice Cooper, white chest, but no white on the nose, and let me kill mouse, let me kill mouse no white on the nose, no white on him at all, actually. Oh, I love it. Alice Cooper, Lemmy from Motorhead, Ronnie yeah. James Dio. This is so great. Look at these babies, they're sweet. That last picture, my goodness, they really are beautiful kitties. The one with the white on the nose seems very, yeah, he seems very uh, mischievous. <laughs> very cute. Thank you very much for that. Awesome. Yeah, let's support women's hockey. That's going to be a cool league. Next up from Paul, pronouns he and him. Two pieces of the best kind of news. First, a couple weeks ago, my amazing daughter was able to take a few days off her busy med school schedule to marry her equally amazing partner. It was a beautiful fall day for the wedding, and it was amazing all the support the girls got from all their friends and family, including a picture of my wife and I with our original daughter and our new daughter, all in our proud footwear. The second piece of good news is that we adopted two kittens. We've always been a multiple cat family, but due to a few trips across the Rainbow Bridge in the last few years, we're down to just one cat, Eloise. As luck would have it, our amazing niece, St. Francis of Milwaukee, was fostering two brothers from a local shelter. 
We went to see them and, of course, fell in love. Their names are Ollie, Graham White, and Pip. Ollie and Pip. Pip is the tiger stripe. Including a picture of them quickly getting used to their new surroundings and quote-unquote hanging out. In the hanging out picture, you can see Eloise in the background showing how unimpressed she is with her new brothers. She's making progress and is no longer sulking in the basement. Love you both, and thanks for all you do. Oh, my Look goodness. Look at this lovely couple. Oh, they're beautiful. Those two trees with the bunting and the flowers. It's I'm looking at the lesbians gorgeous. and you're like, those two trees. Look at all of the, the shoes. Look at the rainbow shoes. Oh, my God. I, I, that, I so noticed much. that first and it's beautiful. And then you commented on that. And I just wanted to throw in the, the setting is amazing. It's beautiful. <laughs> it really is absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> the dresses are exquisite. Yes. Everything, everything, everything. The kittens, kittens. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> They're climbing up the screen door like kittens do. And Eloise kittens. is like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> kittens. Look at these little beans. They're adorable. They are. Congratulations on the beautiful wedding and your new daughter. That's wonderful, brilliant, beautiful. Yes, indeed. Thank you, everyone, uh, for your submissions. These were great today. Very uplifting. We need that. If you've got something you want to send to us, you can do it by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. There's a new episode of Clean Up on L45 out today with me and Pete Strzok. You don't want to miss that. And um, yeah, we'll be back in your ears tomorrow with some more beans. You got any thoughts before we get out of here, my friend? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. All right. Well, everybody, we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your family. Vote blue over Q. And please take everyone you know with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis' first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. 
I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in an Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.